Hi, I'm Rui Branco. Welcome to Talking Usework, a podcast brought to you by the Future Labs Project. Talking Usework is a series of 15 podcast interviews to usework experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in usework, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on use trends, or responsible for use policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can use workers shake up, upgrade, and innovate on their daily work. Hi, my name is Anita. I am a youth worker and a trainer in Europe. And together with Rui, who is a professional podcaster, we decided to take upon us this challenge of exploring what does innovation mean in the field of youth work? What does it mean to find alternative ways to engage with young people? What does it mean to bring systemic change or just new methods? And this episode is a bit special because recently in Berlin, a conference took place focused specifically in innovation in youth work. So in this conference, we had 60 projects from 60 different organizations from all over Europe that strive to innovate in this field, from table games to online games to collaborations between schools and the non-formal sector. We had a whole array of different projects. What we decided to do is to collect a few of these practices to share with you. So we interviewed a few of these project holders to find more about their innovative ideas. We hope that these practices inspire your practice. So with no further ado, let's talk youth work. My name is Fierle Meijer. I uh, have made the project Impact Plus and I come from the Netherlands. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about what your project is? Yes, our project is um, a research, a peer-led research um, towards the impact of the multi-activity programs that we have made uh, as a youth company together with our six international partners. Uh, and what were the outputs or are the outputs of your project? Yes, there are three different outputs as we wanted to research. We also wanted to make uh, recommendations on three different levels. So there's, it's for youth workers, um, for youth organizations and for stakeholders. And how, how do you how do, do the, those things work with those dest, the destined clients? So what we have done, first of all, is to make a report of the research. Um, we are now working on also creating a booklet. Uh, we have created posters which youth organizations can uh, print and show also to other beneficiaries and stakeholders. Um, and what we have done is that we've created a website which is for uh, other organizations to learn from our best practices and also our lessons learned um, so that they can see how to increase the impact of their own Erasmus Plus projects. And uh, from your research, were there any surprises? Because usually when we go out with ideas, we think, oh, we're going to find this, find that. Were there surprise findings? Good question. <laughs> I think the main thing that was really surprising to us is to see how many people actually became active and more active after participating in a youth project as a participant. Um, a lot of our... Uh, ex-participants, they actually uh, went on, created their own organizations, created own 
uh, projects like this or they became volunteers in their local community uh, and they became big advocates for the, the, pro the projects and also the topics that they've worked on, for example, human rights or privilege or um, leading the change. And what are some innovative ideas that came out for you, uh, for your project, that you can work on the future? I think what our project really researched was the, um, the benefits of having a multi-activity program. So not having just one loose youth exchange or one training course, but actually trying to link them together so that the impact can be bigger. Uh, of course, if you have people um, participating in multiple projects over a longer period of time, um, they are more engaged. They also tend to uh, create more impact afterwards. Stronger relationship? Strong relationships, exactly. And also internationally, they tend to, to work together more after. My name is Annegret Menden. I come from Berlin. And the name of the project is TWIP, Translating European Values into Practice. And what, what is your project? The project is about European values, as it says. And the idea is to offer workshops and uh, create workshop designs for young people and deal with the topic of European values that is rather abstract, rather boring maybe. So how can we engage and encourage young people to, yeah, to think about, well, what does European values have to do with my life? And how can we? Sorry? How can we? Yeah, we are using interactive games, for example, simulation games. And for example, we have our first result here. It's a kind of board game. Uh, and every participant picks a role of an individual person and has a kind of very, very short CV. And they go from state to state. In the first state, uh, the, the constitution, for example, offers much freedom to the people. Uh, in the second state, uh, the second state, uh, the government is a bit more, hmm, you know, authority is much more important, and each person experiences, well, okay, and if, how how do my life change if I live in a, in a in another state, and how what does it do to me as a person if, for example, freedom rights are in place or not? And uh what are the outputs of your project? Uh, it's mostly game materials and methods, and of course a manual how to use it, and the train of trainers uh, concept. And what we also do is we think about we as trainers, what, how, how do we work with our personal value set? How does our value set affect our work? So that is also what we think about, it's more internally. And what, what are some surprise findings? Usually when we go out to make a project, we have some ideas of what we'll find. And are there any surprises? Well, what we first found out in our consortium is that we interpreted certain values very different. For example, the concept of solidarity in Poland is uh, very closely connected to the union solidarity. So it has a special meaning there. And uh, that is one, well, one difficulty or one, uh, one thing we have to deal with, how to deal with these different interpretations. And to think about what, are my, what is my interpretation. And what are some innovative ideas that came out of your project? New ideas. Uh, that 
from what you found new, new ideas that you will work on the future? Mm, we want to work on concrete situations where people can experience values because the what is so so difficult about this term is it is it is so abstract and we want to put the per, the people into concrete situations where they can connect their personal individual values like family or friendship to political values like freedom or solidarity hello my name is sanin i'm from croatia and the name of the project that i'm presenting is youth work hd And can you talk a little bit about your project? What is about the methodologies, outputs? Well, the starting point for our, uh, the development of our project was the idea, uh, actually the fact that in my country and all of the partner countries, youth work isn't standardized. So we decided to make a project uh, through which we are going to make a starting point for all youth workers that are just start starting in this um, in this. Um, This activity. Yeah, in this activity. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, what's the methodology that you use? Uh, what are the outputs of the project? Well, firstly, uh, we did an extensive research in all countries on all, uh, more than 500 youth workers. We asked them what did, what did they need to learn in order to become a youth worker. Based on this research, we developed four courses, four online courses, which we implemented on an online platform. And there's now, as, a, as an output, there's this platform that offers for now four courses that each youth worker, especially the ones that, that are just starting, Uh, can learn new skills and all, all the stuff that's, re that's really needed for the job. And also, uh, I think it's important to state that it's in five languages, so English and all the partner, partner languages. What are the partner countries? So, uh, Croatia, we were the leading partner, then we had partners in Italy and uh, uh, Latvia and Lithuania. And uh, are there any surprise findings from your projects? Because usually when we have an idea, we, oh, we're going to find this, then we'll handle this. What are some surprises? Yeah, well, actually, the surprise here, it was kind of expected, but the research turned out uh, the results that a youth worker is actually a youth hero. He needs to know everything and at least a little about everything. So it was really hard uh, because of our capacity, to, which we had the capacity to build four online courses. It was really hard to just stay in these four courses. So the surprise was that we should know everything. <laughs> we are youth heroes. <laughs> uh, are there any, any, any innovative ideas that you can build from now on from your project? Well, maybe the innovation here is that, uh, that we decided to just stay on youth workers and not on youth. We, uh, we received quite a lot of requests to build uh, courses or to accept youth to, uh, to our courses, but really the idea was just to empower youth workers because we feel that there is, there's a lot of uh, open resources for youth, but not enough for youth workers. And the idea also, after the, even now that the project is done, we are still open for organizations to upload their new courses. We have made a guideline that every organization can follow and upload their interactive courses on our platform. I'm Denis Yershov, I'm coming from Estonia. The name of my project is Creative Learning Cookbook. Uh, should I briefly dis describe you what the project was about? Yeah, Just that was my next question, but you can do it oh, right nice. now. <laughs> nice, okay, uh, looking forward. 
Uh, right. So the idea of the project was um, to see how methodologies of storytelling, creative writing, and visual facilitation can improve uh, learning process uh, in the classroom or on the youth projects. So basically, in the first level, we involved 45 teachers, educators, trainers, people working with young, young people in the learning sector, let's say, and trained them three different techniques, then gave them some time to kind of working, work it out on the local level, just to carry out follow-ups like presentations, small workshops, test the tools that we train them on the trainings, and then we compiled it into the publications, and then presented the publications at the end of the project. So as the outcome, we had about, uh, yeah, not about precisely three publications, by now, they kind of been spread with uh, roughly 7,000 copies uh, electronically, not not physically printed, but electronically. But above that, uh, it's uh, many, many people who've been just introduced these techniques and, and benefited from that, obviously, in the classroom or on the youth project. I mean, the young people whose, whose life or understanding became better thanks to using these techniques. But the, the outputs were all, the books or also uh, workshops? Come again? The outputs were only the books or workshops and... No, of course workshops and uh, even until now, since the project has already been um, like two and a half years ago, it's, uh, it's ended two and a half years ago. We're still kind of receiving the feedback from the people. It's like, I've tried this thing in my classroom and it was very successful. Thank you so much for these publications and stuff. So basically, it was all about publications because back then we couldn't find any publications on how to use storytelling, creative writing, or visual facilitation. Uh, for the for the learning process, but uh, it's of course it was more about um, improving lives and improving learning. What are some surprise findings that you had in your project? Usually, when we have the idea for a project, we'll think, oh, we'll do this and we'll find this. Are there any surprises? Wow, surprises! And uh, not everything went so smoothly as we expected, but it's it's in any project. But uh, I must say, like the things that amazed me the most is like I didn't expect this to work so um, effectively on very different levels. So I had my own vision. I imagined like that could work here, but it was so cool to figure out that it can work in the place we do not expect it to work. So they say that I was like I, I couldn't foresee everything. Me, myself, personally. What are some innovative uses for what you found out? Do you have ideas for new projects where you can use the findings in this one? Yeah, in, okay, maybe I'm, I'm t t telling you too much of our plans, <laughs> but um, now in Estonia we have an intention to kind of make a, a series, or maybe a new publication or a series of events to train uh, people coming from the formal education, teachers precisely, uh, how they could use uh, these techniques. Well, since, since my passion here is this blue one, is the visual facilitation, so I, my, my intention is like to teach every, every teacher in my country how to draw to help students to learn. Because they, they kind of, they don't allow students to draw and they're not drawing themselves. So instead they use like bunches of text printed or the PowerPoint presentations and they expect students just to write it down, not doodle, not draw anything. So I'm going to kind of support this doodling revolution, drawings for learning revolution, let's say. Yeah, but that's, that's a different story and uh, that will take some time. Yeah, but anyway, uh, after the Creative Learning Cookbook, we're still kind of giving trainings here and there regularly and uh, it's still going on. However, the project officially is finished. But the knowledge is there, the awareness is there and uh, the interest is there, which is the most uh, important in our case. I'm uh, Andrea Gruber and I'm from Hungary and the name of my project is MECI, which means measuring is key to improvement. Can you talk a little, about, a little bit about what your project is? 
Yes, we basically looked at methods that work with managing um, aggression in kids. And typically, um, you know, our, our target group is those kids who we call troubled and troubling. So they have some problems, and because of that, they issue behaviors or, or exhibit behaviors that are really hard to tolerate. And because of this behavior, it's really hard to like them. And our project had three partners, one, one from Belgium, one from the Netherlands, and one from Hungary. And we combined three seemingly very different things in our... One, we had an intervention with youth that we did in Hungary. The Belgian partner provided research on aggression, and uh, they looked at kids in institutional care and uh, looked at what the kids think about what helps them when they are in a crisis situation. And the Dutch partner brought in the social return on investment, SROI, to the project, and we tried to see how the method can be applied in, um, in programs that work, work with these kind of kids. And what were the outputs, or are the outputs? Well, basically, our findings are very innovative in a way that the research basically found that um, the, the relationship with adult staff is the one single element that helps the kids, especially when they are in a crisis situation. And um, SROI also brought in... Um, You know, we conducted this social return on investment and analysis in um, children's homes. And what, the, what the, the analysis found is that it's a lot cheaper to have kids and work with kids in family-like settings as opposed to residential care. And um, the, the intervention piece with the youngsters, we basically provided an insight of how you can set up a program to have all these elements that support their well-being. Was there anything that surprised what, when you started, you had some ideas? Is there anything that surprised you? Um, I think the difference was the surprising elements were um, how the kids who we think that it's hard to work with, that, that they don't have understanding of what is going on with them, they have a really good understanding of what are the staff or who are the staff they really can relate to and how that relationship is helping them. So that was really surprising in the research part and how well they could, they could uh, pinpoint those, those elements and also how different the programs in uh, Hungary and then in the, in the Netherlands and Belgium were. So that was, that was really surprising that in Hungary, uh, staff in institutional care really still take this discipline-based punitive approach as opposed to the more partnership approach that is prevalent in the, in the, in the Netherlands and Belgium. What are new innovative ideas that you think you got from this project? I think it's that, you know, and we, we, in our program programs, we started to put a lot more emphasis on partnering with the kids. As we heard in the keynote speech, you know, you have to listen to them. You have to be interested in what they are doing and engage in the conversations they want to have. And that's how, that's how you can, um, you can um, get some positive results. And that's how you can, you can help them heal. Now, I, Wouldn't think that this was innovative for us because this was the mindset we went into um, the project. But I think the research confirmed this piece. 
Hi, my name is Andreas Nath Hirsch. I'm from Germany and the name of our project is Celebrating Diversity. And could you talk a little bit about what the project is? Well, it's a project from young people, for young people. The main thematic focus is on diversity and inclusion and civic engagement for young people. And how do you do that? What's the methodology, the outputs? So basically, our project entails 20 local activities in our nine partner countries run, run by the young people, um, which all have a focus on diversity and inclusion. So these are, for example, projects for the inclusion of migrants or refugees, um, including people with disabilities, with um, other disadvantages that we have. And apart from these local projects, there is a week-long youth summit that happens in July in Germany, um, bringing together the nine different partner groups for a week-long of exchange workshops, um, skill-building um, platforms to provide knowledge, skills and attitudes around the topic of diversity and inclusion. Are there any surprise findings from your project? Because... Usually when we have an idea, we have uh, some expectations about the outcomes. Uh, have you been surprised? Actually, we were surprised during the application process because we did an internal survey of our team of 45 youth volunteers of how many self-identify as having one or several disadvantages as identified by the European Commission. And we found out that 56% uh, of our team members have one um, disadvantage at least. Um, so ranging from cultural stigmatization to economical challenges to educational challenges, social obstacles. And we were really shocked that so many people People, when you really look into the personal life stories, face one challenge or the other in their personal lives. Um, so we really feel like it's a great opportunity for us to highlight the living realities of young people in Europe today and see how they can go, how they can be empowered to overcome their obstacles. Now that you know that, can you see innovative ways to handle the problem? I don't think it's so much about handling a problem, especially within the scope of our nine-month projects. I think it's more about creating more awareness about the individual and personal challenges that young people in Europe have, um, about recognizing the diversity within ourselves and within our European community of young people, um, identifying common themes and challenges, and then trying to work towards forming a community of young people who can support each other to overcome the obstacles they have. This was a really fun episode to do because I got to meet all those innovative and amazing K2 projects. See you next time. This podcast is funded by the Erasmus Plus Youthwatch program powered by Tim Meisch and the editorial board of UMAC University of Applied Sciences. Kari Kero, Jarmo Roxa and Christiana Vesama with the support of all the Future Labs partners.